Father, we thank you that we can meet as a church uh, online. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling uh, in any way. Lord, you know our needs greater than we know ourselves. Lord, I pray that uh, you continue to bless the work uh, that is uh, supporting the community. Lord, we pray for, for uh, Christians in India with, with all of the um, continual uh, outbreak of the pandemic there and the persecution that's going on from the different religions. Lord, I pray that as I speak now, you can speak through me, through your word, that you challenge us, that you change us, that you mold us, and where we need to, that you break us. Lord, we pray that we can come together as a family to learn about you, to continue to grow, to continue to change, to continue to be a witness to you. Lord, I pray you bless this church family that we can witness for your greater glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. Okay, so I was once told that if you are growing as a Christian, so if you're not growing as a Christian, you're backsliding. So there is no middle ground, there is no holding ground. You are either growing as a Christian or you are backsliding. Now, as a maths teacher, I see young people's growth year upon year. I've been a maths teacher for 23 years now. And every year, my colleagues and I are always bemoaning about the effects of a two-month-long summer holiday. And you might think that's um, yeah, why you're complaining about that. You get that summer holiday as well. But uh, when the my students come back from the summer holiday, uh, two, we, uh, two months, uh, they have often forgotten everything or almost everything. In fact, for a maths degree, when I was applying for a maths degree, and still the advice is that uh, universities strongly discourage students from taking gap year because unlike other subjects where a more expansive, a deeper understanding of how the world works and how people work, mathematical ability can stagnate and shrink if not used. We get, yeah, you know, I talk about uh, students getting rusty. Um, so the question is, is our spiritual health, health like maths, where it suffers from lack of usage, or it, does it flourish uh, from seeing other perspectives and growing and learning more about the world and life? Well, for this, I'm gonna refer us to uh, John, uh, John chapter 15. Um, where Jesus famously says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Wow. Well, that's quite a warning, isn't it? You see here, Jesus says, not only are you in danger of backsliding if you move away from Christ, if you do not remain in Christ, if you're not growing in him, you are in danger of the fires of hell. 
For those of you who have studied John's gospel, you know that abiding in uh, Jesus means living in God, obeying his commandments and loving him. There is there is that very close. In fact, it's it's inseparable link between obeying his commandments and loving him and living by his word. Thankfully, we have both the promises of God and his spirit dwelling in us to help us with this. We are not alone. And this brings us nicely onto the topic this week, which is growth. And this is what it says in our core values. This is what it is pinned on the wall in the church, which I wish you could see. And I wish we were back there together. Growth. Growing in our faith. Through the life-changing power of God and the help uh, or an input of our brothers and sisters, we learn what it means to grow in love, godliness, and holiness. So taking uh, John 15, this image of Jesus as the vine, something that has echoes from many passages in the Old Testament, he uses the idea of a vine for many reasons. So Jesus is the vine because, from John 14, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He provides life, and there is no other truth but his. You see, that is where we get the truth and life. We have no other life except through him, and we're talking about eternal life here. We're not talking about this fleeting life. Romans 15 verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now, Paul's, uh, note how Paul uh, in this prayer says that God uh, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have these things. We have hope and we are filled with joy and peace through God and through the Holy Spirit. We see this idea all the way through the, the epistles that God, by God and by the Holy Spirit, we have the power in us to change, the power to work, to power to witness. That is the Holy Spirit working in us as we are working. So we can't separate you know, it doesn't mean that we can just sit back and let the, the Holy Spirit uh, do the work and carry us. There is no idea of let go and let God, which I've heard you know, many times. This is as we are work, the Holy Spirit is working in us and with us. So it brings me to the, this very first point, which is there in the core value. It is through the life power, uh, changing power of God that we grow. And you see that here. Without God, we are nothing. Without God, we cannot change. And this brings me on to an important application, which I think, you know, uh, in some Christian circles is, is quite uh, controversial. And you, you know, got to be careful about how you apply this. But, you know, um, when we call for social change, when we, when we campaign for justice and good things to happen in our community, we have to understand that those things without the spirit, without the, with God in their lives, 
change is only temporary and may not even happen at all. The good they are doing are, uh, are, is only because they may, they're made in God's image, but humans are flawed and fallen, sinful and weak, both Christians and non-Christians. We're all flawed, fallen, sinful and weak. That is why our priority needs to be evangelism and conversion. Now, be careful not to hear me wrong about this. We should be working for justice and goodness in our community. We should be campaigning for those things. We believe in a God of justice and truth and righteousness, and we are witnesses to him. It is natural that we will campaign for those things and we will stand for those things in our community. But we also need to recognize that real change cannot come without God, both in our communities and in the lives of those within it. And that is also, uh, we also need to recognize that this world and our lives within it are temporary and will fall away. My second point is that we can't do this alone. I often talk about 2 Timothy 3.16, where the, we're urged to use the scriptures to teach, rebuke, correct, and train one another. So it needs more than one there because we are teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training one another using the scriptures. Obviously, we can read the scriptures and be taught and rebuked and corrected and trained using the scriptures, but the implication there is that we are using, uh, doing it to one another. And let me point you to this verse. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That should be fairly obvious, shouldn't it? That we uh, are better when we are encouraging one another, when we are helping one another to grow. And before I get accused of plucking a, ver a verse out of thin air to support my argument, I have no doubt that those Christians who are listening to this can certainly name many other verses, verses where we are called as a Christian family to encourage one another. And not least uh, Hebrews 10, which I quoted last week. We're encouraged to continue to, uh, to meet up. And encourage one another. So that's my second point, which is here on the in the core value. And this is especially for Christians who think they can do it alone. I see time and time again on the Internet. Now, I spend a lot of time on different social media forums encouraging Christians. Uh, when I first arrived in, in Malaysia, I, I've, I think I've said this before, I, I was actually very bored. I was twiddling my thumbs because I had no responsibilities at school. I had few classes um, and I had no friends. I had nothing to do in the evenings, etc. Um, and so I was on the, the uh, various discussion boards uh, and you know, advice boards and encouraging Christians. And so many times I've come across Christians who have said, I left the church because this or delusionment, etc. And now I'm I'm a Christian on my own. I, I, I read my Bible and that's it. It's not good for us to be on our own. 
To grow, we should be doing it as a church family. This is why every week you will hear me encouraging you guys to join the small groups where we can talk and challenge and be challenged. Pray and talk about the Bible um, and Christian things with your families. If you're in a family group, please teach your children. And when you chastise and discipline your children, draw upon biblical truths. So that uh, in doing so, tell them that you love them just as God disciplines and loves us. And so we are modeling our love and our truths of the Bible's truths and how God has that relationship with us and teach them to use the Bible. There are times in this life where you will be alone. Uh, but isolating from your, uh, yourself from the church family should not be by choice. So, as I said, I was on my own when I first came to Malaysia. And I actually this was before I joined the church. So there were a couple of months before I joined this church. But I worry about those and I pray about the, them, uh, those who we don't see in the ser uh, service, people who we know uh are in this community and i hope that you are praying for them and i'm praying that they are uh, god has given them godly uh, brothers and sisters to keep them accountable finally what does it mean to grow well we're learning this uh this as well um and I'm learning this as well. I mean, this is this is both easy and, and hard. It's hard because I'm still growing. I'm far from the best witness for love, godliness and holiness, as it says here. It's easy because the Bible says uh, it gives us very clear guidelines. And I'm going to point to this. Because Paul taught us about the fruit of the spirit. I remember having to learn this on a, a, a children's camp. And I'll see whether I can remember them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Nine of them. I think I got the order mixed up. Yes, I think I did. Doesn't matter. Uh, but that st stood me in very good stead, having to memorize those love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think I put the two Gs together there and put the faithfulness later. And I'm going to say again, it's hard. Well, these things are hard, aren't they? Imagine anyone saying that they are perfect in any one of these attributes. But it's fruit. These are the fruit of the Spirit. So as we grow, these should be manifesting out of us. And if they are not manifesting out of us, then we should be concerned because that means we are not growing. And this is where I'm going to end today, keeping it short. To summarize, our ability to grow and the power to grow comes from God. Without God, we will not grow. Instead, we will backslide and we will be in danger of falling away. 
The second point is that we must grow together as a church, encouraging one another. Do not forget to meet up with one another and encourage one another. If you are meeting with other Christians, you don't have to talk about you know, Christian things all the time. But do be praying for one another and encouraging one another. Through prayer, through fellowship. We are learning day by day, uh, abiding in God and encouraging one another. Let's try and manifest the fruit of the spirit. These are good markers for our growths, growth. And if we see them in one another, or perhaps the lack of those fruit, then please do encourage one another. Gently correct them, gently rebuke them if, if we, they are not demonstrating those. Let me pray. Father, we pray that we can, uh, even in this difficult time, we can continue to grow. We can keep, continue to keep our eyes on you. We can continue to desire to learn more about you. Lord, I pray that you give us the desire to encourage one another, but also to read your word and find out more about you. Lord, we know that in the difficult times, it's then when you teach us, when you mold us to be greater witnesses to you, to be more the person that you made us to be, purifying us like, uh, like silver. Lord, we pray that as a church we can grow and be a great witness for you in this, this place in Johor. Lord, I pray that you, your, your name can go out into Johor and many can know it. No one on the, the, the day of judgment can say that they didn't hear about your word, your gospel, your truth your good news. In Jesus' name, amen.